only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Howdy, folks. Happy Tuesday. Uh, we survived a really, really uh, big rainstorm here in western New York, and it rained. apparently rained all over the northeast. I don't know if that's from the hurricane that was out out in the ocean or, or we had it. Yeah, we had it days ago. We've been getting like 85-degree weather and like 70-something at night, which is crazy. Yeah, it's, that's nuts. But uh, we'll start with the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. Okay, so let's talk about the NFL again. Um, five coaches – tested positive or at least are in protocol for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. And they're like, doesn't matter. Game's going to go on. And I just, again, have this feeling about this season. You've now added a game on to this season. And if there are enough of these games where players are rotating in and out, coaches are rotating in and out, it's really going to be hard to look at it historically and say, yeah, this is going to be like one of the great Super Bowl teams, whoever wins, because – it's again, they didn't practice much. You go now and let's say they go into this game and they have one coach that's normally there on the field and the rest are even on headset or whatever they're doing. It's going to impact the game. Well, we didn't mention it when it, when it uh, happened last week, but when Hunter Renfro from the Red Sox came, was interviewed on WEEI in Boston and basically said that Major League Baseball was telling them I think we said he said that they were telling him not to test anymore, just to treat the symptoms. That's what he said, but he's a little bit of a, a lube job. So do I believe him? I don't know. Well, okay, maybe something got lost in the translation. All yeah. I know is that Major League Baseball five minutes after that came out said, "No, no, 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 that's not the case." And you know they really. Yeah. But see, this is the thing, and I saw a picture of this. Um, there is definitely some. Uh, how should I say virtue shopping or virtue shaming going on where like, for example, there was a big celebration or big gala at New York at the metropolitan. Um, and they took pictures. They had the, a, a bank of camera people taking mm -hmm. pictures and, and like every other person or most people were masked. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they took the cameras, the cameras walked away or most of the cameras, like they were done people took the masks off and then they snapped a couple somebody snapped a couple pictures and did a comparison before and after. And it was like five minutes after. And so there's, you know, the, the, this is the thing. It's like, I think the NFL, I think these leagues are, are saying all the things that they should publicly because they want to promote the fact that, you know, they're being responsible and we're hundred percent vaccinated and this and that. But I honestly, do I think that they think that this is as big a deal as as everybody else? I don't think they think that. Well, I would I would tend to agree with the NFL, especially. Uh, that's that's for sure because they now they have bigger rosters, but still, team unity is team unity, and they're and, 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 and the NFL is, I mean, the rules that came out, and oh, I, the, know. I mean. And they're they like, reporting many teams, if any, that are 100%. Like the NHL's reporting a bunch of teams. The Flyers are the latest to say, if we're not 100% today, we're going to be by the season start. But he thought they were, you know, Chuck Fletcher thought they were already. So the hockey teams seem to be more unified in that. Um, one more thing. So not necessarily highlighting last night's game because it wasn't a great game. You could tell teams were, were still out of practice. And anyhow, um, the Raiders – are an interesting team because uh, Mike Mayock used to be on NFL Network. He became the GM. Everybody said he's a great draft guy. And so far, he hasn't been a great, great draft guy. And that team has not been good in three years. The best record was last year, 8-8. Eight and eight. They did win their first game last night, barely. Uh, they were looking bad for a while. And you kind of wonder, uh, Mike, they can't get out of Gruden's contract. They could get out of Mayock's, but... You know, the Raiders are supposed to have this history of winning, and I don't know if their team's good enough this year either. But they haven't had that history of winning going back to when Gruden was there the previous time. Well, he did make the playoffs a couple of times. Right, but I mean – but I know. 
the last time they won a Super Bowl was with him. I mean, they I think they made it with Bill Callahan, but you know, this, this is an organization that since the old man passed away and Mark Davis has taken over, they're really sort of flailing about. I mean, they're sort of like the AFC version of the Washington football team in the sense that they have great tradition, long history, but they haven't won a damn thing in 20 years, 25 years. So yeah, they, I mean, this, this they, the other bigger point. The other bigger point is like, I love writing about prospects and coming up with draft lists and all that and looking at it before and after, but it's a lot different to be that guy in the studio or be me at home and going to games and everything, or being me saying, okay, Russ, now you get to make all the picks and then having to rely on your player development too to kind of carry you through. It's not just about the picks anymore. No. Now it's the whole complicated process. And that's why I always say it's not even just about what happens on draft day. A lot of it is about what happens after it. And that's in every sport. Yeah, Matt Millen was a great commentator on TV. He was a crappy general manager. One of the worst, actually. Yeah, so it's like just because you think uh, – just because you may know something enough to uh, observe uh, on television doesn't mean you can actually do it in practice. Uh, one other one other thing, I don't know if you caught any of this, but I caught about a quarter, quarter and a half of – Peyton Manning and Eli Manning doing sort of a secondary audio broadcast. Yeah, I didn't catch it. Um, it was okay. It was pretty decent. I, I you know, like I, they, they had something to contribute. I thought it went downhill a little bit when they were interviewing uh, Kelsey, the tight end from Kansas City, and you know they were sort of distracted by that and not concentrating enough on the actual game. And I wanted like their insight as you know guys who you know won four Super Bowls and you know the being fairly sharp quarterbacks, but it was, you know, the hoping to get something like sort of like what Romo brings to the CBS broadcast. Yeah, well, you you want that? Then put him in the booth for the regular game. No, they I don't. I don't they, understand the concept. They I'm don't afraid. want, they, they've already got a crew, but they're trying I to get that, but I don't understand this concept. And I think Scott Lachlan said it very well on Sirius XM this morning. He was distracted at one point from the actual game. Because well, what the what the reason he was distracted is because they put the game they they had to have Eli and Peyton in a small window. It was sort of like pardon the interruption. They had right. a small window on each side, and then they minimized the game. And you're like, okay, I want to see the game and not see them. I don't need to see you know see them in a little bit a little bit in the corner, fine, or cut to them every once. But I want to see the game on the big screen. I and mean, that's that's that was the one you down. Know what? I, I don't need to watch the game with with Peyton and Eli. I don't. If you want to have them on before and after, great. If you want to have them on in the booth, great. I don't understand a second audio concept. Uh, Romo kills them just doing what he normally does in the regular game. I'm sure he's way better. And I'm sure they'll get better. Don't get me wrong. I just think it is too distracting. I, If I turn on a football game, I've turned it on to actually watch the game first and then the commentary second. I don't ever turn on a game turning, hoping to go for the commentary first. The only time I ever do that is if somebody's retiring, like um, with the Tigers. What was it, Harlow? Um, Ernie Harwell? Harwell. When he was retiring, yeah, I listened to a few broadcasts because I never listened to them before. I've tuned in the Euchre a couple of times over the years and some of those kinds of guys. But at the end of the day, i that's not why I'm watching sports. I'm watching sports for the actual game. Right, and, and the broadcast does – um, I mean, it, it, it accentuates it. it. It helps it. I mean, you know, watch, I, I've watched games where the audio was off or where they, you know, the, the ones where they sometimes would just have a, uh, a no, no play by play. And it, you do miss something when it comes to that. But I mean, it's, I just think it's an awful concept. And if some people like it, great. But I just, there's no way, Eck, I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't want to turn on a game and just watch guys like having a party and, you know, what are we talking about? Cause I just, I just, I came in on, I just I think know. that's an awful thing. Eli Manning and Peyton Manning did their own little thing. And, uh, they, you know, they the did a second, secondary to their commentary basically. Right. 
They had they had the Monday Night Football game on ESPN and ESPN two. On ESPN they had Steve Levy and the regular broadcast. And believe me, right. you could fire Booger McFarland and you wouldn't have it. You wouldn't get a tear out of me. Um, but then they had on ESPN two they had the same game with Eli Manning and Peyton Manning analyzing the game. So right, right. I didn't mind it. I thought it was actually pretty good because they brought some insight, but I thought they were a little – it was a little distracting. They were interviewing somebody during the game, and they were sort of like not following the game at times. I want them to follow the game and say, well, this is what happened or this is what's going on or whatever. Right. Wow, so, it's funny. I mean I, I mean, I didn't see it, but the only thing I, I did – I did tune into some football on um, on Sunday, and uh, I was just watching the um, – you know, red zone thing. I was around like mm -hmm. five o'clock or something like that. I really like that program, the red zone show. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, goes around it and it's great, you know, because we went to, we've been doing this thing for four straight weekends now, guys. We've gone to, um, I don't know if you've ever been there before, but it's called, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember it. Oh, this is ridiculous. Oh my gosh. I'm so bad. What is it a board? It's a boardwalk in New Jersey that we've been going to, um, Ocean City. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's north. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, anyway, City. yeah, no, it's, it's like the, it's Long I saw Beach JVR, Island. I saw JVR there two weeks ago. Um, friggin' gosh. Well, anyway, anyway, it's a boardwalk. I'll remember it as the show goes on. No, it's a good, it's a nice boardwalk. It's got an aquarium on it. Russ, how about that? I am on the boardwalk. Mark, it's not Margate, right? So oh, it's, it's central Jersey. Um, oh, central Jersey. So you're going Belmar? Yeah, it's not Central Jersey, so it's up there. It's, it's more like uh, it's right where 95 is. Anyway, anyway that's anyway. worth. Let me tell you the story. Yeah. All right. So, what we do is we've been going there on the way home from the shore, even though it's like an hour from Margate to there, and it's an hour 15 from there to our home. It's an hour and a half from our home to Margate, but um, but we like to take this trip because it's fun on the way home. And I have won for four straight weeks a giant stuffed animal. Like like the I'm incredible <laughs> at the ring toss game. You know, like you have a ring, ring, you're ringing all those like others, oh, um, two liter yeah. coke, coke bottles or whatever. I just, my dog decided to eat to chew the loudest bony can and drop it on the floor behind me. Um, <laughs> stay there. All right. So, anyway, um, yeah, so I've got, I, so my, what, we've been just cracking my wife up because what we do is we have the dogs with us. So we can't like, we have, so someone has to stay with the dogs in the car. And right. while the, while like someone goes to the aquarium with my son and then someone goes plays games of chance with my son. And then my wife and I end up by going to see the B Street Band, which is like a cover band for Bruce Springsteen. Right. Really good Bruce Springsteen cover band. Yes. You're not happy about this that I just did that? I know. I'm sorry. I, no, I, I was. I was talking about the. I was talking about the. Look at this. This is like crazy. She's decided that since I since <laughs> I took her bone away, she's not happy about this at all. I know. I had to. It's making a lot of noise. Yeah. Uh, she's, okay. Good. She's not happy. Anyway, so we've been going to see us, and um, so as I'm so then in my little time off when uh when when my wife went with the boy to the aquarium, I I put on on you know the red zone package with startup show whatever right. i put on the red zone package and uh i was watching it and i saw like the one of the most ridiculous calls i've ever seen in, in football and it just frustrated the hell out of me i was watching the uh, miami new england game and it was um for a second and there was a, like a roughing the passer call on miami did, did okay. you see this at all i did not see it just, i mean i was a quarterback and it's like this, this was like there was nothing at all that the that you know the defender could have done to avoid what he did and he just tackled the guy literally just tackled the guy and he was being blocked into him as well so he was lower i know but he just blocked the guy and uh and this gave this is a really key moment in the game it, it gave it continued to drive at the end of this at the end of this first half continues new england on it was just like one of those things like conspiracy theorists you know who think new england gets a break oh my gosh this was like i had to think that this was completely like going to be something that was everybody was going to talk about today so anyway i just remembered it because it was a football thing that was oh, that's fine that's fine <laughs> But um, no, but it was a really crazy call. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. I just anyway, wanted you to answer if you'd watch a game with Eli and Peyton, or would you rather watch the regular game because it's not distracting? But you found something else. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd rather watch the regular game. Okay. I, I'm not. I, I don't like distraction from announcers. I, I'm not. I'm not like really into announcers entertaining me. I, I really just I want to be. I want to watch the game. I, I I know enough about that sport. You know, I know it's yeah. important. I always think there should be two options. You know, like one for like the person who's just a casual fan, and one for the person who actually knows the sport. You know, with less announcing because I would rather I'd rather do that. You know, like to me, I, I know a, football. I mean, I, you guys. I usually say I don't know about football because I don't follow football with you guys. But I was yeah. a quarterback my whole life, and I was a quarterback in high school and everything like that. So yeah. I do understand football. I just don't enjoy watching. Yeah, you definitely have to understand it. No, they did a kids version. I don't know if they're doing it last this year, but maybe rather than the kids version, they do what you said. I actually yeah. think that's a good idea. 
I think people would love it. You know, just like really basic stuff. Like I want to hear. I, I wouldn't even mind just the crowd for the most so part. You just, you just need a one man booth for that one. Yeah, like a one guy calling the play. You know, saying something that happens. I mean, I, I do think they're they're really good, but um, you know, they're not. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like distractions. But yeah, let's move on. I agree. Okay. Here we, we can start. Go. I mean, I've got some updates from Flyers camp. So yeah, I've, let's, I've, start I've, let's start there. Yeah, I. What do you have, Mike? I have I have some not breaking news, but uh, some signing news. Yeah, yeah, this will be. We'll start with we'll start with uh, we'll start with uh, update from from Flyers camp, and then we'll go to the signing news. Here we go. Yeah, as soon as I get eight, which is the fifteenth. Got it. All right. Hello, hockey world. It is Monday, September fourteenth, two thousand twenty-one. No, it's not. It's It's not. That was a good try. It's it's Tuesday. I was just about to brag. Oh, I've been haven't missed one in a long time. All right. Hello, Hockey World. It's Tuesday, September 14th, 2021. <laughs> I don't know who the hell I am. I'm, I'm Mike Lugello. I hope Eck didn't miss handoffs like that. I did. A lot. I, was a, uh, you know, I was a passing running quarterback. And I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday. It's time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And we're going to start with the camps which are opening um, and some rookie camps. And today, Russ, there was a press conference with the Flyers discussing what's going on. So what what was the news? What's yeah. happening? So, yeah, so a couple things. So rookie camp is from the 16th to the 19th. There's two games coming up against the Rangers. And that'll be fun. <coughs> Excuse me. That'll be fun to watch. But um, health-wise, uh, Zade Wisdom's out till December. So now if, you, if anybody had a thought based on his AHL season last year could he make the team he's not going to make the team because he's you know he was in a shoulder sling he's still just right. going to kind of go through meetings and so he he's not in it allison's fine he tweaked something they took it easy on him in development camp so he's fine denoyer is going to get looked at by a doctor and decide if they can clear him for um for the game and there was another player that we're going to do the same thing for now if i i can't think of him but the first guy you mentioned again because it was in the sling i missed that sorry oh Zade Wisdom. Zade Wisdom. Okay, thanks. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Maxime Shushko is going to miss the rookie camp, but probably not the big camp, which then opens a few days later. And there is one other player that escapes me this moment, but they're checking on on his health before they can decide if he can play in the air. But it's nobody that it, – it's not a big-time name. The other – Is Cam York going to be part of this? Sorry? Is Cam York going to be part of this? Yeah. Um, So the big thing is after that, when regular camp starts on the 23rd, it looks like fans will just have to wear a mask and maybe not have to do anything else. Maybe they'll do temperature, but it's not going to be anything, any kind of big deal. And they'll be able to be at main camp watching it at Voorhees, but rookie camp still closed to the public. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. That's it. I mean, it's interesting because I had talked to somebody who's really close with Cam York recently, um, mm-hmm. and York is a hundred percent aiming to make the team. Like he in his head right now. He, I know, and I know, and I know. Listen, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. In his, his, I'm, and I, I know every player has that mindset, but um, he's like the kind of guy who, when he has that mindset, he's yeah. gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna fight. He's gonna put in a fight for camp, in camp. You know, you're gonna see something from him because he's definitely one of those guys who is a special player and I think it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, the, team, the team will be a hundred percent vaccinated if they're not already. Yeah. I'm aiming to win the Powerball doesn't mean I'm going to. Um, I know. I know. And, 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 you know, chances are Cam York, but at least in the beginning, I think half the year in, in at the fans is, is the least that there should be. And I, you know, at least that. And, and Carter Hart's got ACDC on his mask. Um, <laughs> I saw Jordan Hall put out a picture and he goes, is this ACDC? And I'm like, yeah, that's Angus. What is it? Angus Hall. Angus, I Angus Young. Young, thank you. Angus no, Young. Cool. And um, so I knew it was Angus. And then the other one is what, Brian Johnson? I think yeah. that's what he has on the other side. And and then he's got some sort of ACDC lettering. So he's he's got the ACDC theme going. And the Flyers are trying to pick a goal song. And this is where most teams go bad. Mike certainly has hated the Leafs goal song. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with that? The orange and the black is, going, is not going to be around anymore? What's that? I guess not. All, all, all I can say is that I went out for dinner on Saturday and they had the, you know, the Muzak on in the place that I was at. And of course it, what came on was Hall and Oates, you make my dreams come true. Oh, and 
I mean, I pray that the, the Leafs have had that goal sound for two years. It's brutal. They've got to change it, but because and not because I'm like you know, it's because I've heard it. I've heard it for two years. Yeah. Straight change it please yeah and, yeah. and uh tony soprano in the chat I, he said uh does he had, he had brian johnson over bonds if he's a real acdc fan he should have bond scott and brian johnson i'll be honest I mean, well i'll go two ways i you know who the other player was that it was tanner lasinski and uh okay he could actually make the team so he's he's got a little hit thing from yeah. from off season he had surgery so if he gets cleared he'll be able to play in those games here's the thing with acdc well, I would focus a lot on on prog rock in high school and everything. I knew ACDC. I knew their songs. I yeah. pretty much missed the Bon Scott era. Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, I mean, that's the I'm, reality. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had older friends who were who were into the ACDC yeah. of Bon Scott and sort of looked upon the Brian Johnson version of ACDC like some old Genesis fans look at Phil Collins. That that was basically right. Uh, Two lines of demarcation. So, no, man. Uh, I, recently, I just watched the other night. I just watched that. Um, no, this is I watched the Genesis. Um, YouTube. You know, the recent thing when they were celebrating the release. Oh of the yeah, yeah. Albums. I watched the YouTube interviews for the first time. I had never seen them. Like I never uh, seen that. Oh, did you see the tension in the room? There. Was oh my gosh, tension. it was so awesome. I mean, and Peter Gabriel, like he he does Gabriel come and off. Banks hate, Gabriel and Banks hate each other. Yeah, they don't Gabriel, want to well, They're so interesting. And Gabriel comes off as does come off as a jerk quite often. Like if it, no, I think Banks. No, come, I don't think so. Banks does Banks too. Did. But Gabriel has like there was one moment he says yes, it was you know Gabriel says you know in his in his in his way you know yes it was definitely a democracy but uh, you know it wasn't really a democracy. <laughs> yeah, there were. I think they all get along except for Banks. It's just it's very funny. They, oh yeah, yeah. They all get along with each other. Right. Then just Banks and Gabriel don't get along, but they, you know, because they were like the closest to start with too. So that's also the issue, you know. Like they're they're just obviously long, long friends. They were just to begin with, I think, and that's that's why that Banks was really miffed when Gabriel. They did should what he just did, put kind of, Gabriel so. in a bubble or Banks in a bubble, like they did with um. um Pete Townsend, they did screw him though. They did screw no, Peter, no, like with the whole. Townsend was in a bubble when they thought he was <laughs> way off track, but we're way off track. But they did screw Peter when it's like he had the like his wife had the terrible pregnancy and everything like that, and the whole story that went on where they were just like being really hard, really, really tough with him and saying, you know, you can't, you got, you got to be here instead of like. Yeah, before wife, that, he before that he left the band and then oh, came back I and. Yeah, I know, I know. There was a lot. There was, there was, there was definitely, a, it was definitely a perfect storm of sorts. But anyway, moving on to um. So that's yes. the Flyers. What do you have? What do you have, Mike? As far as signings go. Well, uh, some interesting uh, PTO news out of the New yes, Jersey. Yes, we're in Devils. PTO land now. Uh, the Devils have uh, signed Jimmy VC, former mm-hmm. Predator, uh, Saber, <laughs> Ranger, Leaf, Ranger. and uh, get around. He uh, really Mark- has. Mark Jankowski and Tyler Watherspoon to PTO contracts. So I'll tell you what, VC's VC. He he could still score ten goals. Yeah, I like Jankowski because that team does need help up the middle. Yes, and and he is a decent center. If he somehow gets some of his scoring back, he could get fifteen goals for you. But he's a decent center, and he's, he's a pretty big. big guy, and he's a big body. Yeah, he is a big body. So that's a you know, these are good fill-ins for the Devils. I don't They're know. If no, they are. And I think I like, I mean, honestly, for what he has to work with, Fitzgerald has done a hell of a job. Like, he really does. He really is putting together the best I think he can. With the constraints he has in place that he never talks about, I'm in agreement. Yeah, and he doesn't talk about them. And he's, and he's, because he's one of those guys who does not, he's not like, you know, out there vocally hitting the media up and stuff no. like that. But he's doing a good job, you know, and, um. Oh man, I heard the um, I heard, I heard that all of it map. I heard the Dumba Dumba a, a uh, no not a, no not Dumba um, what team? <laughs> the Leafs GM. I'm sorry guys, I have not Dubas. I've been up Dubas. I've been up with my son for like okay. 48 hours. So anyway, so um Dubas. I heard Dubas interviewed on XM. And it was a re, it was back to the press conference, probably the one you were at, Mike, or one you were talking, you know, you were involved with, and um on Zoom, but um. Yeah, where he talks about you know Mar- signing Morazic and says the thing we like about Morazic is he's used to playing with other goalies and being and being a good tandem partner. And when I heard that, I was just like, holy hell, does he know Morazic at all? I mean, Morazic has been in that situation, but that's not something Morazic is good at and not something he likes. Well, um, and, but that, but but Morazic and even Kevin, he's said, done it. He's done it a lot. Kevin yeah. said that Morazic over the last couple of years in Carolina sort of grew to be good in that role. So, you know, they, they didn't, the, the whole thing with the Leafs is they didn't want to spend starter money on Frederick Anderson after Frederick. Yeah, Anderson. I get that. What's that? 
I get that, Mike. You're right. I mean, what you're saying is right. They didn't want to spend starting money on Spider James. I mean, and they did. They did get a guy who I honestly, Mrazek can like steal games for you. He has the he when he's at his best, he's one of the best better goalies in the league. There's no two ways about that. Like right, he has, but, yeah, we don't see him at his best very often. But I think I think if you're talking about who's going to be the one A in that one A one B scenario, it's going to be Campbell. Now, if Campbell do, if gets hurt or if Campbell doesn't play as well as he did last year, then it's going to fall on Mrazek, and then I think they're in trouble because I don't think Mrazek is a true number one. But that's that's the so intent. You think one, so you think Campbell's the one? Mrazic's the, the 1A and, and Mrazic's the 1B. Okay, right, right, right. I was like, I always go 1A and 1A. Okay, so yeah, 1A and 1B, you're saying. And I get that. No, if they gave if they gave Mrazic the starting job, that would be atrocious. I now, mean, the, com not the complicating thing here is is that uh, Campbell's got one year left in his contract, then he's a UFA, and he does have a good year, then he's going to expect to make more than Mrazic, and Mrazic's making almost four, so then you probably got to pay Campbell four and a half to five, and then all the money that you're saving on goaltending, you're not saving anymore. So, but if he has a good year, they're they're a cup contender. So that's like the reality is like that's that's to me that's that's we'll take that. <laughs> if Campbell has a good year, they'll take it. You know, they'll yeah. have to deal with that problem for sure. You're right. I mean, right. gave Mrazic a lot of money to be a, just a straight up backup, but they, uh, you know, it's only what? what how many years is it, Mrazic? Still, three, three. Yeah. That's, that's one more year than it should have been. Yeah, well, than it should have been for sure. But the other, uh, and this is a couple days old, but uh, the other PTO news was uh, uh, was uh, Colorado. First, they signed Jack Johnson, which I'm not sure why. Maybe they're doing him a favor. Um, but Artem Anisimov, they signed to a, a PTO, yeah, you know. so they're going to give them. You know, they're going to give them a look, I guess. Do you wonder at all? And here's something. I'm going to throw out a conspiracy theory for you guys here. When they saw these signings, I thought both of them, and I was trying, I didn't get a chance to research this. I really would like to know who their agents are because at the end of the day, those PTOs feel like agent favors. Like oh, well, they, and, you know, like, and, and we know that they just went through with, you know, trying to, what they have to do, and they have a lot of signings to do. They have a lot of favors they need from agents. You know, they really would like an agent to be nice to them, I think. Um, and those two, I mean, because they're already in cap trouble. So to bring those guys on on PTOs, um, uh, Anisimov's agent is Mark Gandler. Okay, he represent anybody that is important to the Colorado Avalanche. I'll, I'll look. Yeah, I'm not sure, but that's what it feels like. I mean, I might be totally wrong, and again, this is just no. I think I, I I honestly think the same with Nishushkin. They're looking at Anisimov and saying, you know, a couple years ago, this guy could score 20 goals. Yeah, that's and, not bad. And the last few years has kind of gone astray. Let's see what he can do here. And he is he is Nakushkin's agent. Ah, so there you go. Interesting. There you go. Um, right. Or maybe so, the same way they got Nakushkin there, they get Anisimov there cheap, and they upgrade their overall team depth. Yeah. Now Jack Johnson's agent is Pat Brisson, and I'm pretty sure Pat Brisson is the agent for Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. So that's a favor. That's like, and okay, I, I. I I don't know. I have a weird, a weird soft spot for Jack Johnson. I, I and, well. and Eric Johnson. So he's the agent for both McKinnon and, oh, for Eric and Jack Johnson. All right. So I, I think, but I mean, I don't think Jack Johnson's going to make that team in any way, shape, or form. But the idea is, man, you play him in the preseason with those guys. He could look better than he than he has, you know. And sure, give him a shot. You know, whatever. Give him a shot. Like, I really want to see Jack Johnson succeed. There is but one I know other signing too, Mike. Yeah, uh, yes, it was to say, and Sam Gerard. So he's an agent for three three Avalanche players. Um, the other signing okay. was. Tyler Bozak going back to the St. Louis Blues yeah. on a uh, incentive-laden uh, one-year contract, and that's uh, seven hundred. So he went for the veteran minimum, seven fifty k. I mean, that's a really good signing because I think I think Bozak can still play. Uh, I, I thought degree he can. Yeah, Bozak can still play, and to some degree. I mean, he's not great. No, I'm saying third, fourth line center. Yeah, I mean, and, and but the interesting thing about the Bozak signing is that the word was that that wasn't going to happen until Tarasenko was figured out. Now, you know, we, we, it seems like at this point Tarasenko is just destined to be a blue, right? Like, I really don't yeah, think that there's anybody. Anywhere. There's no team that can do it. When the Islanders started announcing the guys they had, you know, they had signed, you got the oh, feeling that that was it. Only if they eat money. If they want to get rid of them, they're going to have to eat money on them. Right. I mean, and to me, it doesn't make sense. Like. They're at the point where you might as well just gamble that he thinks that he, if he thinks he's if he thinks he's better and he wants to play somewhere else, he's going to have to show that he can do that. And I think that that's the reality of it, right? So he's going to, and I think he probably will. Like I think Tarasenko will probably take on that challenge and probably play pretty well for them. The, the question is, if he starts playing well for them, then what do you do? You know, do you, can you move him because he just wants to be out of there, or do you, do you suddenly like do things start feeling better because everyone feels happier when things are going well? If he for does you? well. I don't think they move him. I think right they have. To 
They're well, he asked to be moved. He asked to be moved. He I asked to be moved, but he doesn't, has, he doesn't have control over it. And the reality right. is he wants to play. He's a player. I don't think he wants to like see it. I don't think he's going to sit out and not play, you know, for the, no, no, I don't think he'll do that. But I think he, if he, you know, he knows that he improves his chances to move. If he plays well, if he plays well, you know, it might be easier for them to move him. So I I think it'll go into the season, but I, I I don't think, I don't see him, you know, relinquishing or, or uh, taking back his, uh, his request to be traded. Yeah. I think ends up playing four C because I I don't think they're going to do anything with Thomas yet. You still should let him develop. Well, he's and an RFA. He's an RFA. I know. And Sunkfist is a forty-six percent face-off guy, and so Bozak is at least an upgrade from that. He's still a great face-off guy, like fifty-six percent last year. So yeah. you could at least upgrade that way. Um, yeah, if Thomas yeah. isn't signed yet, then that this puts a little pressure on the Thomas camp. True. 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 Um, all right. So let's get into Team Russia because we have to. I want to talk about them. They are really an interesting one because. Um, well, this team, you know, it can go a lot of different ways. And I think that we probably have very different teams on this one because there's a lot of players, once you get past the first couple lines, that become very interesting for them. Um, and also you're taking into account that Russia tends to do what they do, which is bring some of their players, you know, from the KHL in, or they overvalue some of the players. Like, you know, is, you know, you've got to think Ilya Kovalchuk is going to be on this team, right? And that's that's usually what they do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's definitely not good enough to be on this team, but he's no. anymore, but he could be on this team. And this team has a really interesting thing going on. They have the best goalies of any team, I think. Um, no, far enough. I disagree, but they're good. Dis- okay, disagree. Okay. I um, think they're the best starter, not the best three goalies. Right. Oh, I don't know. I think they're the best three. Um, and then, I, but that's, you know, Vasilevsky, I think, is the best goalie in the world right now. So yeah. Yeah, that, he is. I agree with that. So I, starter-wise, they're set, and then the backups are no slouches. I mean, they're Vezina. They're, you got a Vezina guy there too. Um, well, it depends on who you think. Who, th- who you think? Right. So let's start with the goalies on this team for, for the fun of it. Let's just start there. So um, so yeah. So we, I, you know, we all have different you guys. My three. I'll start with my three. Um, are are Vasilevsky, Varlamov, and Sorokin. Now, I know that you know the question is. I think Vasilevsky and Varlamov is pretty good although you know i've heard different i've heard all different kinds of opinions on that i know the third string goalie they have so many options um, here it depends right. who they think, think is the I best i don't think Borlamov's going to make the team i think i think they're going to go with Shisterkin. right with Shisterkin as their backup okay yeah because yeah. Shisterkin and sorokin know each other they've been on the same team before right i don't think they're going to go with Borlamov. do you think they go with Shisterkin and sorokin Yes. The two, three behind Vasilevsky. Yeah, I've heard I mean, a lot of Samsonov has a lot of like. There's a lot of people who think that. Yeah, but see, okay, honestly, if they go with a third goalie, not one of the, uh, you know, Sorokin or Sashurkin, uh as a as a young guy, I think they they might go with Askarov. Um, right, I, but I don't think they'll go with any. I don't. Think, I don't think they'll do that. I think that they'll likely go. You know, especially first of all, Bobrovsky is not going to make it. No. Uh, and Varlamov has been there before, so I think. You know, Vasilevsky more than likely is going to play like every minute of every game unless oh, yeah. there's back-to-back games. And that's why I think it'll be Shashurkin and Sorokin as the 2-3. Right. I agree. They, and if I'm them, I would I would go with Varlamo as the backup, though. And personally, I would just because the reality is this goaltending is the biggest thing this team has going for it. And they need to have somebody that they absolutely know can handle this like this. And I think that, I think that the Why pressure. Why do you think Varlamov's better than either of the other two? Yeah. Why do I think Varlamov's better than you do it? I really just think. Yeah, why, so you're saying you think Varlamov's better than Shesterkin? I do. Okay. Well, I don't. Yeah, no. All right. Well, it's just my opinion. I mean, I mean, it, yeah. and so I think that, I mean, he's been, he's had his, his record has been amazing. He's had a really good, had a, yeah. coming off a really good season, coming off a very good season, like he was a Vezina Trophy candidate, right? I mean, he's. I mean, it's hard to sit there yeah, and say he, that he's he had a pretty great team in front of him too. We can't forget that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I didn't, and I, you know, I did not pick Sorokin to be the starter. Everyone's saying in the chat room that's not what I did, nor no. would I do that. But as an example, with the team that Varlamov had in front of him, Sorokin mm-hmm. did not have that same kind of defense. Yes, he may have had the uh, yeah Adam Fox there, but. He didn't. He also had Brennan. He had other guys that weren't great. Nine sixteen save percentage. I'll look up what Borlamov was. Yeah, I mean, I like Shesterkin. I mean, honestly, I I, I like and Enzo better than. But I think that at the end of the day, they won't. I mean, I think that the the way they tend to do things. Yeah. See, Borlamov. 
he had a 929, and I think a lot of that is because of that team. Because the year before, he had a 914. I, I would still go Schuster. That's just me. Okay. All right. So let's go to the forwards. Um, there's something about this forward team that is very obvious and kind of scary for Russian hockey um, in general. And that is that this is an old group. There are young, there are some young guys on here, but for the most part, you know, when you look at the youth of the, of Canada, the youth of the U S the Russian hockey program has definitely struggled to put out the same kind of talent over the last couple of years, you know, mm-hmm. that the U S and Canada has. And, you know, when you look at the age of these guys, like our, my first line is, I think everyone's first line, um, Ovechkin, Malkin, Kucherov, right. Which is like, okay. which is like crazy. I mean, that's a crazy, awesome line. Granted, no two ways about that. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but Ovechkin's 36, Malkin's 35. Kucharov is 28. Kucharov is, you know, he's still young, still good, obviously good young player. No question about that. Right. But, um, you know, when you're looking at guys who are in there, you know, when you're looking at, you know, looking at 36 and 35 is two of your top guys, even if they're Malkin and Ovechkin, I think that that's a little bit old. A little bit, you know, for for what's going to be a very fast tournament. Thoughts? No, I, I agree. I well, I I'm more concerned about Malkin's injury situation than than the age because we see yeah. Ovechkin. Ovechkin is still at the top of his game. He's not the player he was five years ago, but he's still at the top of his game, even though he's 36. Malkin, I don't know whether, um, you know, he can handle that. You know the minutes that will be required, especially if you look at what is up the middle for the Russians after him with the, with that soft, not being available. I know. And, you know, I've seen that like the number two center on some list being like Nemestikov and Nemestikov, that's my number two center. That's my yeah, number no, two center. No way. No, I mean, I, I don't think so. Who, See, this is very, this They'll is probably put Malk in there instead of your, if no, Malkin's the number one line, I'm the number one, the number one center. Who's your number two? Besides uh, Nemestikov, Barbashev? No, no, no. Hold it on. could be Shipachov. It could Shipachov's be going to make the team for sure. It could be Datsuk. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Datsuk. No, it's not going to be Datsuk, I don't think. I mean, I'm joking, but I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if, if, if Datsuk plays on this team, he definitely has an argument to be if the number two center. Nemestikov and Shipachov, Shipachov will win that job. Oh. I mean, the Russians aren't like that in general. That that's really, yeah. But the but the 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 hole there is yeah. is significant. It now is. you know. So um, now I, I think they have I think they have incredible talent on the wings. Um, you know, obviously Panarin. Yeah, no uh, question. You know, Tarasenko, Andrei Svechnikov, Kaprizov. Gurianov. I mean, there's a lot of talent on the wings. It's just they're going to be – they're not going to be very strong up the middle. And that, I think, when you compare them up yeah. against, you know, Matthews and Eichel uh, and McKinnon and McDavid and everybody on Team Canada, even Sweden, they're they're not in the same league up the middle. My second line is the, is Nemestikov, Panarin, and Shvestikov, which is, you know – and I agree with you on everything you said, Mike. I mean, they, they have some great talent on wings for sure. But will they will they play some of those younger guys? I mean, some of the really younger guys. They aren't. I don't think they're. I don't even know if they're really if they are ready for this tournament yet. But the Russians would have to really do a serious risk on it. You can't have too much age on this team. I mean, if you're going to go with, and I've seen you know like Radulov be part of the list, and I'm like, okay, yeah. maybe fourth line. That's what I have in fourth line. But See, I, I honestly, I think Shipachov is their second line center. He had 67 points last yeah. year, and I think he's he started off hot again this year. Why would I put Nemestikov over him, who can barely score in the NHL? Yeah, I, I, I think they're they looking they're looking at like a playmaking position because they just got to get the puck to Panarin and Svechnikov, so that's where they're blowing with. Nemestikov's not a bad playmaker, oh, but he's had 47 assists last year. He's already got nine points in four games. Zach. Come on, this yeah, no, I, I'm with you, and and you know there's a good chance because you know KHL guy they, they could dare really do that. Um, third line for me, um, Barbashev is their cent- third line center. I you know. Yeah. Um, it could be Nemestikov if you're if you're you know for you guys I'm sure. Um, and then my wings are Tarasenko and Kovalchuk. I think that's where they go with that. I don't think Kovalchuk makes this team. I don't think Kovalchuk's making it. I don't I think because the KHL just has they they have an ego thing about Kovalchuk. Yeah, about but they have but they have younger they have younger Russian players. Yeah, Kaprizov will be on that line. Yeah, Kaprizov is going to be on this team. Kaprizov's on my fourth line with Radulov and Buchnevich. You can't put no. him on a fourth. He's line. a top. He's a top six guy. I agree with you, but I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, all right. So if he's a top six guy, where is he? Where is he, Mike? 
Uh, he's a winger. He's not a center. No, like him yeah. and Svechnikov will be on the third line. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, to me, Bushnevich, I think with Radulov and Kaprizov on the fourth line, that's my fourth line. And I mean, I don't think Radulov's going to make it. I actually, I'll tell you who I would take. Well, Radulov may make it. I'll tell you who I would take instead of Gusev. And that would be Dmitry Jaskin, who has size and grit. And he's been scoring 60 points a year in the KHL and he's playing in the NHL this year. I I think Gurianov is going to make this team. He's gonna have a, he's gonna be on the on the cusp, but I think yeah. we're going to need some toughness, and Jaskin has that. And yeah. he's got size. Yes, he does. Yeah. All right. So moving to their defense. Um, you know, they got a great top pairing in Provorov and Sergachev. You know, that's definitely, yeah. I think, their top pairing, which is you know, solid. But then after that, it just does fall off really quickly. Um well, I mean it 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 doesn't it doesn't. I mean, if we're talking about like are they as, are they anywhere close to being as good as Canada or the US or Sweden? No. no. But you know, it's Sergachev, Provorov, Dmitry Orlov is a good is a good NHL defenseman. Yeah. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev has played internationally for Russia in almost every tournament. He'll make probably the bottom pairing. He's right hand shot. Right. And, and, you know, see that, that then it's like, will they go Romanov for us? I mean, did, did, uh, well, I think Romanov could make the team, but I have a question. I'm going to raise my hand and say, is Voinov allowed to play in the Olympics? Is who Voinov? Yeah, he is. Yes, he'll yeah. be on the team. Yes. I think Great. he has a good shot at making the team. He played in the last time. He played in 2018. He'll be on the second pairing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so over probably over probably probably over Romanov. I, I put Orlov and Romanov as my second pairing, but I agree if they do want to go with Voinov, they, you know. I mean, does make or, it. Would they not want to. Their defense is weak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, other guys, you know, Gavrikov, Z- Zadorov, possibly. Those are my two. Those are my third pairing right there, Mike, you said. Yeah, so Gavrikov will make it, and I think Romanov will make it. So I mean, they they have Romanov over Zadorov. Yes, yes, Romanov's faster. Yeah. So then maybe Voinov and Orlov is the second. I think Zadorov will make the team as a seven or eight because he's big and tough, and it is being played on an NHL surface. So if it was Olympic surface, I don't think he'd have a chance of making it because he's not mobile enough, but on an NHL surface he is, and he he'll be in charge of beating the crap out of, uh, you know, uh, forwards on, uh, uh, on, on the opposing team in front of the net. And I'll give you an X factor. An X factor would be Nikita Tremankin, who has never signed with Vancouver. Yes. You know, six foot seven, two thirty. Wow. And he does skate okay, and he's a pretty good skater. So they may want to have that on their blue line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be something. I mean, the rush has never really shown that um, tendency, though, right? To go with – how old is he? He's like 20? 20. 27. Oh, yeah. he's 27. Sorry. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah 27. Yeah. Then I would say, yes, that's a really good possibility. Yeah, he was on the world championship team in 18, so possible. Yeah. I mean, they definitely, you know, there definitely is something these players who play for those world championship teams do so to get a shot at this. Right. You know, that's that's the whole point of it for them. Um, and countries, country, countries really do reward that in general. Yeah. If they go with eight defensemen, then I think Romanoff makes it. I do think Tremanke can make it too, though. Yeah, we, 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 we have to factor in when it comes to – uh, the Russians that they're definitely gonna there's definitely gonna be gonna be a quota in terms of a num- certain number of KHL players. No question about it. Yeah, yeah they, they have to just in a way that's a way of promoting or justifying that league is by putting a number. I remember how many they did in the World Cup, which is the last time we saw them put anything like this together. Oh, well, I um, think Shipachov was on the World Cup team. Was he? I th- I can look up the roster. It was twenty. Right. Yeah, that was yeah. So I, I and I'm trying to think. I think that um, I remember him having like yeah, at least two guys on that. Like they had the big defenseman too, right? What was his name? He played for the Flyers for briefly, briefly too. Oh, Medvedev. Medvedev. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's 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 gonna be interesting. Um. Uh, so how good is this team, guys? How good are they? I mean, are they a good team? Uh, something else to keep in mind. Although I don't know why he's not playing right now. Maybe they'll look at Pat Colson unless he's got an injury right now. Then they probably won't look at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, the one thing you have to say about them is, listen, they've got Ovechkin, then they've got Vasilevsky, you know, so it's, like, hard to say that they're not going to be good in that way because at the end of the day... Their defense isn't what you want it to be. No. Everything else is there. But what we find out is defense is really important. 
It is very important, um, especially when you think about the kind of talent that's coming at them. But you are this is Basile can be a big, can be a big neutralizer. I mean, the question is, you know, do I question how neutralizing a goalie can be when the talent just gets overwhelming? Um, there is a point at which you know we see like what you see happen to goalies in All Star games like that. There is just a point at which the offense is just so overwhelming a goalie can't do anything about it. Well, okay, I'm looking at the roster from from the the World Cup. Um, Dadnoff at that point was a KHL player, but now he's with uh, right. Vegas. Uh, Datsuk was on the roster. He won't be that there this time. Right. No, um, so. Shipachov and Ivan Teligan were both KHL players. And on defense, right. um, all were NHLers at this point, but Alexi Emelin, Kulikov, Marchenko, Markov, they're all in the KHL or retired. So right, right and, yeah. Yeah, their defense is significant changeover. So they have KHL guys, but not a ton. You know what it is with Puck Colson? He's out of the KHL. I guess he's going to have a chance of making the Canucks. So he'll have a chance of making this team if he were to start off really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, are they a metal team? No, I think they're. I think they're. I think the metal teams are U.S., Canada, Sweden. Those are the three I I would pick. Yeah, yeah. So I think I mean, they're. They, but they could upset it again. If Vasilevsky stands on his head, which we've yeah. seen done before, that's yeah. the great equalizer. Yeah, I mean, and and the will th one thing I will say is I think that the Russians are much better off playing from an underdog role. Um, and I think that if people do, if people do say yeah, like what we're saying here, that they're not a metal team, and everything like that, that helps the Russians because the Russians are not, as we've seen before, historically not great when they have the when they're the favorites in, in tournaments. Um, it's always been an issue with them. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, whoever put Danny Markov's name in the uh, chat room, he's 45 now. Yeah, no. Andre yeah. Markov, you mean, probably, but if it's Danny, no. I don't know he meant Danny. He said Andre or Danny. Are they both still playing in the KHL? No, no. No, Andre, I, think Andre, I think Andre is. I think Andre is still playing in the KHL. Andre could be, yeah. Because he keeps, there's always these, you know, weird things that, you know, he might end up, yes. Montreal's looking at Andre Markov, which is not going to happen, but obviously anymore. But, yeah, there they are. Um I mean, we haven't gotten to Finland yet, but uh, we'll see what they look like in comparison to this. And then we have the Czechs and the Slovaks and the Chinese as they want. I don't think we'll be doing a Chinese one. We won't one. be breaking down the Chinese team. No, I don't think we're going to be breaking down the Chinese team. Um, <laughs> don't, don't break down so. all on their own. We don't no. know much about the Sorry, I, 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 Honestly, I'd rather break down my order of Kung Pao chicken than Team, uh, team China. Yeah, they just gonna, don't know anything about any of the players on China. Are there, are there some guys – is there any – do we know anything about – Anything? I, Nothing. I, I'm i sure Craig Anderson's going to be their goalie, but I just it's unconfirmed no. right now. No, he's is not. that going to happen? You think Peter Ng will be their goaltender? <laughs> yeah, who's that? I mean, who there are there any NHLers that could qualify as in, in with the, to play on the Chinese team? I wonder. I uh, the know. guy the Islanders drafted, but I don't think he's ever played. Right. Well, I bet if the Islanders draft him, I bet he's going to be on the team. I bet he's going to no, be on the Chinese he, team. He's been out of it. I let's see. I got to look him up. That right. might be the only way Sorokin makes the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> no. Let's see. Uh, um, yeah, it just it's just yeah, it'll just be to score a goal. I agree. I mean, I, I do I do kind of like part of the Olympics though. I have to say, like like the fact that there are teams like this that. I mean, the Germans are in right. The Germans are going to be in it. They're always yeah, interesting. The Germans will be in it. They're fun to watch. I'm trying to – so what, what are the other – other, Austria, on, right? So, Austria made it? So the, the player's name is – it used to be Andong Song. Now they've changed it to Misha Song. And he is playing for Cornell this year, but he's been playing for the last four years, but he hasn't scored a point. So I don't know <laughs> – Okay. I, I guess wow. maybe he's doing statistics for them. I don't Here. know why he hasn't scored a point. I don't know if he's really playing. I mean, last year they didn't play much. Maybe he's getting scratched. I don't know. So I guess there's a chance he here, could make that team. Here, here are the groups for the Olympics. Okay, yeah, I was just about to ask that. Group A is Canada, the U.S., Germany, and China. So right. Canada, Canada will be playing their third-string goaltender and all their scrubs, and they'll still beat China 55 to nothing. Yeah. No, but you know what the problem is? If you drop an early game, if you're the U.S. or even Canada, and you have to play Germany and you actually have to beat them, it's not going to be the easiest game. No. No, you're right. Um, group B is – they have it as ROC, but that's the Russians. Oh, yes. OAR, uh, the Czechs, the, the Swiss, and the and Denmark. 
So, oh, so Slovaks didn't make it. Sorry. Hmm. No, no, they're in Group C. They're in group oh, they're in Group C. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, I forgot there was a Group, group C. Group C is right? kind of weak. Yeah, Group C is Finland, Sweden, Slovakia, and Latvia. So okay. I, I believe it's I believe it's the top two in each group, and then two wild cards. I think that's the way it works. Yeah. There is an NHLer on Denmark, right? That like helped. Yeah, them Freddie make, Anderson. Right, yeah. he may have helped them make that. He helped them make the tournament, or in the in the in that like they had that play in thing or whatever. I think is there's a, there's a couple couple Danes. Yeah, that, that helped to help them in that play in tournament that just happened. Well, they already there. had they already had a qualifier, um, and we saw some players play in that. Marco Rossi played in that. I don't know what came of that, Mike. Do you? Um, Rossi's for Sw the Swiss, correct? Yeah. No, is he? No, he's. Yeah. He, no, I don't. Rossi's not. Is he's he so Swiss? Yeah, he's Swiss, right? Pretty sure he's Swiss. Swiss. Yeah. He protein rich recipes. Sorry. And there's no Swiss. There's no Swiss team. Austrian. No, he's Austrian. Austria. That's right. Okay. I knew right. Rossi's Swiss. Okay. No, uh, in, ter in terms of in terms of the the Danes, Lars Eller, Nick Ehlers, Bjorkstrand. Uh, um, right. Freddie Anderson, and there's a couple others. Nick Ehlers scored the big goal to get them in, I think, as I remember watching yeah. that. Um, so there's no Swiss, is that right? No, the Swiss. Oh, there's, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Okay, so there is Swiss, and um, yeah, I mean, they're always fun to watch, they're always interesting. Um, they've been getting better and better all the time. That, that's but the did one, Austria make it or no? I don't think they I did. I don't hear their name, okay. No, a lot, Latvia, Denmark, yeah, and China yeah. were the three, yeah, the three likely bottom. Uh, bottom. So uh, Michael Raffle doesn't get to go to China. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, it's Slovenia didn't make it, which is interesting. Like Kovatar, you know, um, you know, you know, is that is, 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 is always the fun thing about that country. Um, well, there's no know, Team Europe in the Olympics. There's no Team Europe, but when Slovenia made it, you know, and, and Kovatar was there in the past Olympics, he, you know, playing like you know, thirty minutes a game. Yeah, somebody, um, you know, Alan in the chat room had Lars Eller is, a, is on Denmark, which is a good player. Yeah, he is. He is a good player. Now he's. I mean, they're they're gonna be. They're gonna be. You're right. Denmark, but if you lose, you know, they'll have some players. I don't know who Denmark will have in net though. And so in the opening round, you, Anderson, you just, yeah. I don't know who if they'll have another goalie in net. That's um, than when Anderson no fails. Wow. <laughs> Casey can't. Casey can't win a playoff game. Um, <laughs> no. Um, no. We'll see. We'll see. I, anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait a second. Is uh, which who's your favorite Edmonton goaltender? Maybe he can uh, get. Maybe he can get his Danish passport so he can start over Freddie Anderson. Oh yeah, no, that you know they got to try it. They got to try it. Koskinen. Stalock. Oh yeah, Stalock. I'm really waiting for that. I, I want Stalock to win the job out of camp. That's my prediction. Crazy thirty. My thirty crazy predictions is Stalock wins the job out of camp. There you go. How about that? I like it. Could happen. All right. Bakersfield. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, tomorrow we can do Finland, I guess, huh? Let's do Finland. Yes. Um, and uh, and that'll be fun. That'll be a lot of vowels. Um, remember, folks, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.